You're listening to DraftKings Network. Today on The Cool Games, we are going to be joined by Meg Linehan of The Athletic to talk about some of the U.S. women's national team legal issues and all the legal drama. She's a lawyer now. Also, <laughs> uh, we are going to be talking a little bit about League On. We're going to be talking about MLS. We're going to talk about Bundesliga. People are trying to restart. Some people just say, nah, cancel the whole thing. That <laughs> and more on this episode of the Cooling Hi, this is Ashlyn Harris. And Allie Krieger. And you are listening to our best friends and favorite comedians. The Cooligans, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Yeah, baby! <laughs> yeah! All right, we are here. Welcome. Millie rock on them while I nearly <laughs> die. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm going to be doing at your funeral, Alexis. <laughs> uh, like, uh. But you know, it's going to be a closed casket, but every time someone goes up, they have to open it, and I'm going to have a sound machine just go, yeah, baby! <laughs> every time. <laughs> okay, we got it. It's in the books. We yeah. got it planned. We know <laughs> I was going to go. My poor uh, mother hello, crying. Rob. Like, could you just shut it off? We get it. <laughs> hello, everyone. Welcome uh, to the show. Yeah, this is as lighthearted as it gets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Christian Polanco. That's right, and I'm a Alexis Guerreros. All right, we are the Cooligans. We are your favorite stand-up comedians mm-hmm. that host the funniest soccer show that you That's have right. ever seen. It's not just that, though. It just so happens to be the gulliest soccer show in the Gr- world. In the world, yeah. Just we so checked- gully that even when we go to your country and you don't call it soccer, we still call it soccer. <laughs> okay. Culture what? No, yeah. it's soccer here now. Nah, what you mean? <laughs> you don't understand me because I'm not speaking Cantonese. <laughs> soccer. <laughs> so, uh, hello, everybody. Yes. So we have to uh, uh, we're, we're excited about today's show and also and also a little upset. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's been we're a lot excited of for uh, our guest. Sorry that this is the reason we have to bring this guest. In. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would be nice if it was for uh, some better news. But we obviously- could just talk bourbon for an hour. I would love it. <laughs> but no, we got to talk about trash individuals. <laughs> <laughs> no. So the, the, obviously the U.S. Women's National Team is uh, very much uh, in the news after the, the 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 news about the the court case and what was struck down the equal pay argument that they were trying to make so uh we brought a guest to help us understand it a little bit more friend of the show the authority on u.s soccer and all law that's uh, right <laughs> yeah that's right don't, don't don't be asking questions about her credibility in the law department because we said it's good <laughs> she's got a certificate from the cooligans ladies and gentlemen if you read the athletic or if you've watched our show or listened to our show you know exactly who this is uh absolutely one of our favorite guests to have ladies and gentlemen unless you're driving and if you are why we're in a quarantine to <laughs> pull off to the side Put on a mask and put your hand, your gloved hands together for the one, the only Meg Linehan, everybody. Hello, Hello. Meg. Yes, noted lawyer, Meg Linehan, definitely not <laughs> yeah. literature major yeah. or anything like that. That's you know. Wire. You know what? Yeah. But look, honestly, law is mostly words anyway, so you're good. It's true. I mean, I will tell you the advantage that I have from taking a speed reading class at a very informative age, like that's that's the key for me. Okay. That's right. I just watched infomercials where they showed you how to skim through a page. I didn't order it, but I watched it. Now, um, Meg, I we hate to bring you on the show uh, during these times, right? But you know, th- th- this is sort of what's happening out there. Uh, could you tell us what the hell is wrong with this judge? <laughs> do they not read the room? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that for a lot of us covering the case, that there is always going to be the possibility, right, that this did go sideways in a, in a direction that people didn't anticipate. Like you have public sentiment, obviously, firmly in the players camp. And then you have the actual matter of the law, which tends to be slightly more conservative anyway. The judge that was presiding over this case, also a George W. Bush appointee, probably didn't exactly help, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, Friday's decision, no one was really super expecting a, a partial summary judgment, let alone for U.S. soccer. But I mean, fundamentally, the judge looked at what he considers to be the facts of the case, said, well, the women did technically make more and they agreed to this collective bargaining agreement. So here we are. U.S. soccer uh, at least has 
enough proof to say that this is not necessarily just gender discrimination, right? It doesn't necessarily let them off the hook, but fundamentally, you can point to other reasons beyond just gender and say, that's the reason why we have an unequal pay structure right at the moment. And that's really what the decision kind of summed up in a shorter version is. Sure. And and uh, so I've been trying to, uh, you know, I read y- uh, the article that, that you put out on The Athletic and, and just trying to uh, try to understand exactly how we got to this point uh, and not just based on like Twitter comments, right? The Twitter right. mentions are ridiculous. Of Wait, we people. were supposed to do other research. <laughs> <laughs> so one uh, sticking point uh, th- that people would mention, and and Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan mentioned this on their Good Morning America interview mm-hmm. that they did. We're recording this on Monday, May fourth, so that's when uh, you know I, anything could change in that time. But um, they mentioned that. Uh, the, the the collective bargaining agreement that they, that they agreed to essentially what and people are using the argument like well you agreed to this so why are you complaining now and and Megan Rapino did make the point to say that we were not offered the deal that the men were offered so right. what what where why is that so such a confusing part of the case of like what the CBA was and and how they re- ended up in that uh, right. situation yeah I mean it's not even necessarily what the CBA was it's really the CBA negotiations and there are some documents that are attached to the lawsuit like notes from the CBA negotiation process and meeting minutes and emails and all this kind of stuff so we have some of the information, but really like reporting on this case, there have always been two very different versions of what went down in collective bargaining agreement with the Federation saying, we offered you this pay for play structure, right? That the men have mm-hmm. and the players, the, the women's national team players always saying you really did no such thing. And we don't really know where the truth is right at the moment. It's probably somewhere in the middle. Um, I do think that there's also the context, and, and I tweeted about this, where the, the women's national team players have always kind of placed a higher emphasis on security, right? They are relying on their national team contracts as like the biggest part of their income. Yeah. So for them, those guarantee contracts are su- super important, right? So maybe it's not entirely fair to put all of that on the doorstep of U.S. soccer, but that's where they're coming from of having three uh, professional leagues, right? Two have gone by. We're, we're now into year eight of NWSL. But whereas the men are making money, whether they're playing overseas or in MLS, like that's how they make their money. That's where they get their health insurance, all of that kind of stuff. Whereas for the women's national team players, it's coming from U.S. soccer. So there are two very different sets of priorities that are happening. But in terms of like what got offered or what didn't get offered or like that's still the part where we don't necessarily have a hundred percent of what happened. Right. And, and we're always going to have, you know, people can be in that room. And as soon as they walk out of the room, someone's got a completely different story than someone else. Right. So that's been the really hard part to navigate of like Megan Rapinoe going on good morning America. Right. And saying, we never got this offer. They, they might have gotten some version of that offer. It might have been different. Like that's where the struggle is. And the judge in, this, in his decision on Friday kind of lined up with what U.S. soccer's general account of it was. So. Even though U.S. soccer sort of has that sort of, uh, you know, uh, chip on its back now, maybe not a chip, but it's got this boulder on its back of some of the comments that had come out about why they feel the women didn't deserve an equal pay. If that, if they're saying that they didn't deserve it, then how can they say, no, they got in a sense an equal amount of money. You know what I mean? So it's very confusing for me to understand that. Right. Yeah. They're really, so U S soccer's argument has always been, okay, if you look at the, the number of games, right? Like the women have played more games, but then if you divide up the amount of money per game, I think the, the math is like 220,000 per game for women's national team players, as opposed to, the men being paid 212,000 per game, like total as a team. Mm -hmm. So fundamentally the women are theoretically making more. And then this was kind of the big story out of uh, last weekend at this point was, okay, well, if the men don't (laughs) miss out on world cup qualifying, then what, how does that change those numbers? Right? Like is the, the saving grace for us soccer in this lawsuit, the fact that the men's national team has underperformed, whereas the women's national team has won two world cups in that time span. Right. 
So there's that factor. Um, equal pay has always been kind of a tough, like it's the simplest concept and it's something that people can really rally around. Right. But fundamentally, I think this has always been more about an equal pay structure rather than just straight up equal pay. So when you're looking at it in terms of like, well, did they make the same amount of money in this same time span? Sure. But if you put it in an equal pay structure, would they have made a lot more money? And then that's where the judge is going, well, you agree to this collective bargaining agreement and now no take backs. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of like, you see that one, two punch of logic of going, well, okay, they wanted the structure, but they didn't get it. And now they're upset about it but you agreed to that collective bargaining agreement, which has always been the Federation's strongest thing, which is why when they got into the stuff of the women don't have equal strength or skill, we saw how that went for them and it did not go well. Um, If you don't know, if for some reason you just turned us on right now, we're talking about how the U S women's national team um, came across the quite possibly the worst judge in history of America (laughs) who knocked down the equal pay structure. Um, there's, there's so much that can be said about sort of what happens next, right? So obviously, we're, everyone's assuming an appeal is coming, right? Let's say for some reason this doesn't go through, right? And for some reason the U.S. Women's National Team loses. What possibly could happen next? I mean, you can't really – if you strike, that hurts the NWSL because that's a part of their contract. Is Would that put enough pressure for a renegotiation? Would that what, – what is the next move? Yeah. I mean, the fun part of this too, is that they actually, there is a no strike clause in their collective bargaining agreement. <laughs> wow! So there's a no strike, no lockout clause. So that it, that's like completely off the table to begin with, right? They can't even go to that tool. I do think that like, let's say best. What if they possible. all just get injured at the same time <laughs> <laughs> at home? <laughs> Everybody got a backyotomy. <laughs> So I do think that the next thing, right? So we have a new president for U.S. soccer, yes. right? Cindy Parlo-Cohn, who lived through her own version of this when she played for the women's national team. We have a new CEO. They both in their first media call said, we want to talk settlement, right? So I think that there is still a huge potential here for the two parties. Obviously, there's no like getting in a room together right now, but hopefully having some sort of conference call and saying, what is, what really are we trying to do here, right? And especially right now where you have this global pandemic kind of completely changing the situation, it's not that the players are going to give up this fight. Like, I mean, they have said every, like in tweets and on Good Morning America, right? Like we we're not done. But I do think that there is some potential here to say, okay, we might've lost a little leverage from this court case, but the, the, public sentiment is still completely on their side. I mean, you have Joe Biden immediately saying, U.S. soccer, um, I will withhold World Cup funding from you if this doesn't go in a direction that I like. So there's still a lot of public pressure. Ultimately, I don't know if the court case really changes a huge amount for U.S. soccer. I mean, even the fact that their statement on Friday night, there was no celebration, right? There was no like, ah, yes, we've been vindicated in this court of law, right? It was just we're we're going to try to work with the team. Yeah, so it seems like I a lose-lose for U.S. soccer. Exactly. And I, and I think that there are a lot of people within the Federation who understand that. And I think Cindy Parlo-Cohn, who has now been on both sides of this, like you have a potential to walk into this situation and really make something happen, right? And also just really reset that relationship. And and when I was on that media call with her, I mean, my question was, how do you, how do you fix your relationship with the U.S. Women's National Team because it's not just, okay, here's some money. We're going to toss some money at you and then suddenly everything is magically fixed. Like there are culture issues here at play too, right? Yeah. And that's that's a much larger project and it's also like not nearly as sexy as just like people chanting equal pay in a stadium. Like that's real work that is not attractive to either talk about or cover or all of this kind of stuff. Yeah, ain't yeah. nobody's chanting spreadsheet. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen. Right. <laughs> up the spreadsheets. Uh, <laughs> so, but I'm I'm, I'm curious about uh, Cindy Parlo Cohn's uh, role now. Uh, obviously, uh, first uh, female uh, U.S. soccer president played on the U.S. Miss national team. Walking mm-hmm. into Hall of Fame. 
Hall of Fame, yes. Walking into a really, I mean, you know, uh, a shitstorm, really, right? Because after, right after Carlos Cordero left, and we know the reasons why, uh, just from, from that terrible uh, legal argument that they were trying to make, what is... Uh, is it I know you, you're saying that she can't she, even at her position, she can't just throw money at the problem. But is there at least a, a a deeper understanding of what the women's national team is going through? Can she can she connect more uh, than than I mean, I, I would say the answer is probably yes, that she can connect easier than Cordero could. But is it resonating? Is it resonating at all? Do you notice any of that? Any kind of improvement? Yeah, I mean, so we haven't really heard a lot about settlement talks, right? Like, we've heard it from the U.S. soccer side. We haven't necessarily really heard it from the player side. I do think that that process is probably going to speed up at this point. But I think that there absolutely is something to having a former women's national team player, someone who has won a World Cup, right? Like, I think that there is just, there is a bond across multiple generations of the team. I mean, you even look at how involved someone like Julie Saudi still is in the situation, yeah. even though she's still media, right? Like there is a lot of public pressure, even from former members of the team for us soccer to get this right. And so now I think that we have this sentiment of you have a chance to get it right. Right. Like Cindy Parlocone has a chance to really like cement a legacy with one pretty simple decision, which is working with that team to figure out what comes next. Right. Yeah. And it's not just money. It's, how do we invest in this team in a meaningful way? How do we push this team in a new direction? And how do we actually like, whether that's negotiating so you get the men's national team and the women's national team at the table at the same time, whether that's actually having men's national team players speaking out directly rather than through their union, right? Like there, there is a lot of potential here. The question is, when are we going to see that actually start from potential into action? And yeah. when, you know, again, like it's the hard sort of behind the scenes work stuff yeah. where we might not necessarily always have visibility to it, but that culture shift yeah. and that's where she's got. And, and the other big part of this is she did not want this job, right? She was vice president for a reason, right? She's not out here campaigning to be president. She seemed to want that vice president job. And I mean, she's even kind of admitted like, this is not necessarily what I asked for, but now presented with this opportunity, I think that there is a lot of potential for In her. In her first media speech, she's like, I want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it, look, from the outside in, it feels very much like the, the women's national team is – uh, alarmingly more popular than the men's national team. So from if I'm running a business, I'm like, well, this this seems to be hot right now. Let me put all my mm -hmm. a, a lot more of my energy there. Why isn't that like uh, so? And I'll, uh, the only thing I can think of, right? Because U.S. Soccer makes the argument, you know, the 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 pots for uh, for winning world, the women's World Cup and the men's World Cup are not equal. So mm -hmm. they, they they apply it like. If, that that trickles down in every asset, right? in every uh, facet. Right. So it, it it just feels like the, the but because they're so successful, why wouldn't you uh, mm -hmm. put more energy there? Just it almost just doesn't make any sense to to have this battle to begin with. Right. I mean, and that's I, the reason why Carlos Cordero resigned isn't because of public sentiment on behalf of the players. It was because the sponsors spoke up. Right. Yeah. Like right. You have sponsors ultimately pushing to have their money go to the U S women's national team, because that's where like, this is where we've got that sort of commercial thing now of we want our money to stand for something, right? right? Like secret, like Luna, like all of these brands are rallying around the U S national team, not just because they are successful on the field, but because of the politics. So it uh, like every single conversation I've ever had with someone who's like in marketing or that sort of thing is always just boggled by the fact that, U.S. soccer did not just try to make this lawsuit go away as quickly as possible because ultimately they stood to make so much more money had they quickly aligned with a World Cup winning <laughs> women's yeah. national team, right? Like how how much more profit could have been shared between the two groups had everybody been on the same page? I mean, it's a question that like I don't even know how much money was probably left on the table, but that's, I think, where a lot of that pressure can really still be applied. Like sponsorships, the sponsors who spoke out against that that really terrible argument are probably not really going anywhere in terms of like demanding some sort of resolution to this 
and a resolution fast, right? Because now more than ever, they want those investments to actually mean something. Also, the optics of just siding with something that horrific is not great, you know? Yeah. One thing I'm uh, curious about, and just to get your thoughts, just because this is, uh, when it comes to soccer and law, it, 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 it always feels like, Oh man, do do the people in this courtroom understand soccer to begin with, right? <laughs> right? Because when it comes to the the, the fact that the women are, are yes, earning slightly more but having to play more games, it's it feels like from a layman like that, all right, well they're clearly not paid equally. So, is there uh, maybe a hope that the that who is actually called, uh, you know, uh, presiding over this case that will actually influence how, the, the, you know, the, 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 the result? Uh, it just seems so strange that th- there seems to be a disconnect between what's happening in the courtroom and what's happening in the, in the real world. And how close yeah, is Pope I mean- Solo to being a judge? <laughs> Let's get this thing. I mean, yeah, you never know. I mean, she did just have twins, so I feel like she's probably slightly busy, but we can just suggest for her to go to law school after this. I mean, I think her court case is now like permanently stayed against U.S. soccer. So, I mean, there is also that potential thing still hanging out where you could get a different result, I guess, question mark. But, you know, I hope could just, I think, become a judge. And then just, <laughs> just like that, she gets her own TV show. She, she just does <laughs> sports law cases. Oh, judge. Like, hope. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be dope. Hey, yeah. rhymes. <laughs> well, so, go for it. It's, it's really, um, Yeah, I mean, it feels like the women have kind of just consistently almost been punished for being super good at their jobs, right? Like, that's always been the vibe of this is that, I mean, even on the stuff where the judge found that the lawsuit could continue, right, which is really travel conditions and like support staff. So there was a a third part of that same um, chunk of the request that was about turf surfaces. Yeah. And the justification that the judge found for that was, well, it's not gender based because U.S. soccer said that it wasn't just like the men or the women when they would decide who got a grass surface laid over turf or not. There is also the um, consideration of is it worth the money to put grass over turf? And they never found that it was worth the investment for the women's national team games, right? So it's almost this circular logic of, well, they won't make enough revenue from a women's national team game to justify grass, but then you're depressing the value of your own product by playing it on turf, right? Like, so us reading it, it's just kind of like, okay. Like, (laughs) fundamentally, you take that one step back and where's the revenue being determined by the same thing that they've been talking about in the rest of this lawsuit. Right. And that's where I think where I think a lot of people are very frustrated by this decision ultimately because you look at it from a common sense point of view and it's just like, okay, of course they've played more games and they might make a little bit more money, but they've won two World Cups and they they are crazy popular. Sure, like that math makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's an interesting uh, just, just dynamic in general. I, I think this this case has has brought to light a lot of um, just the discourse. Even if, even if it might be negative, it's at least like somewhat entertaining, or at least it's it, on people's minds. It, it puts it into the public consciousness. I'm, I'm curious how you feel about how this is all. I, I think the last couple of years uh, and just the last couple of months, as, let's say after, right after um, the the legal argument and, and Cordero uh, resigning, uh, mm-hmm. we were talking about Hope Solo. She Didn't she go at like Julie Foudy and accusing her for like voting for Cordero? And then she's like, I didn't have Putting anything to do. Yeah. Athletes yeah. Council. So they're like, Everybody's arguing with each other, but it's difficult to know when when Hope Solo makes an accusation like that, uh, I, you know, at a former player, and then it's like, well, who's who's right? Who's accurate? Right. Where's the where's the facts in in all of this? Yeah, and that's always been that's the the joy, right, of this lawsuit is that this has always been one of the messiest goddamn things, right? <laughs> like even just trying to compare, like trying to explain collective bargaining agreements between the men's national team versus the women's national team, like. That's been a year plus of hell for me personally, right? Like of saying like, 
you cannot directly compare them, right? Like this is a much more complicated situation than people are led to believe. And, and, you know, I, my nonstop day on Twitter is men just telling me, but the revenue, right. And it's, everything's made up first of all, but second <laughs> of all, like this, the, the discourse, right. Like hope solo versus Julie Saudi, but you also saw Heather O'Reilly who was sitting on the athletes council, who was one of the, the players that voted for Carlos Cordero. And, and she went on Twitter and kind of admitted, like, I wish I had, taken a different strategy and I wish, you know, like we had done some things differently. And, and now I kind of wish that U S soccer would, would really shift in a new direction. Like, I think that there has been some grappling in terms of people understanding their own role in U S soccer. I mean, um, my coworker, Paul Tenorio spoke to Angela Hughes about this, who was also a former member of the athletes council. And she was just like, I was so happy to be in that room that I did not speak my mind. Right. So, There's really like, it's not just the culture stuff, right? Like governance stuff, again, super messy, not fun to cover, not something that is going to get headlines like 67 million in damages for the U.S. women's national team, right? Like that's the stuff where the sausage gets made and no one wants to look at it. Yeah, so that's, that's, I want to see sausage get made though. I want that to be clear. <laughs> I love it. It's what it's mostly my my uh, YouTube recommendations. I guess I have a couple questions, but I do want to know what what is it that can uh, like hiring the lobbyists, uh, all these things. Every one of these steps has made U.S. soccer look and feel like they're choosing, like they're they're entrenched and they're purposely choosing to look bad. Now, Cindy Parlo Cohn has a chance, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know what could happen next. When is there a possibility that U.S. soccer could sort of save face? Because not everyone that works there wants it this way, right? Like, right. I, I don't think of U.S. soccer as an evil organization, but if you look at Twitter, they're the worst, you know, because <laughs> yeah. this looks bad and it just continues to look bad, you know? What can right. happen next? Is there something that can happen that maybe could change the course of all of this? Yeah, and I think, like, even to that point, when you look at U.S. soccer's track record for women's soccer, and this has been a point that they've tried to hammer home, right? They do more than anyone else in the world. Undisputed, right? And the yeah. players have said that from minute one. The problem is the way that we frame that and the way that the Federation has framed that is kind of in this weird paternalistic, like, why aren't you more grateful? Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's kind of like that tone needs to get erased. Like that's step number one is like your record stands for itself. And I understand that it might be getting lost in the shuffle right now, but like truly your record stands for itself. The the Federation has supported the NWSL. The NWSL would not exist without U.S. soccer right now. Right. And that's a fact, right? Like no one is debating that. But it, again, it gets lost in the shuffle because then you're telling a lobbyist, hey, please go talk to Democratic presidential candidates and say like, hey, NWSL wouldn't exist if it wasn't for us. Yeah. Why aren't these women more grateful? Like, yeah. tell them to shut up and go away. That's like right? my, like, it's like my mother on my birthday texted me and said, yeah. you should congratulate me because I pushed you out. And I was like, well, that's <laughs> yeah. disgusting, Ma. You know, and nobody wants to think yeah. about that. You know, it's yeah. the same thing. It's yeah. like, that's not the, that's not the viewpoint we should be going with here. Right. Exactly. So I think like U.S. soccer needs credit. Right. And I, I don't want that to get lost. Like, again, it's a messy situation where they've done a lot of good. They could potentially be bidding to to host the 2027 World Cup, assuming the 2023 World Cup even happens at this rate. Like, God only knows. But like they do a lot for the sport. And I think that there is a huge potential for them to be a real pressure point for FIFA. Right. In terms right. of increasing prize money and all that kind of stuff. So like the potential is really limitless for U S soccer. The question is how do you kind of maybe set aside some of the egos who have been involved previously? And some of them are already gone, right? Like Carlos Cordero is now gone. Sunil Gulati is now gone. And like, that's not to say that they didn't do good things, but I think that you have a chance to kind of at least reset the tone that is now going to be like the baseline of conversation and say, what could we actually achieve together? as a team and a federation, what could we do for the sport? Like what could we do for equality together? And I mean, it's in their mission statement, right? That they want to be the premier sport of America. Like fundamentally, I think there are much larger concerns than just this team fighting their own federation. And I think that's always been the point of like the fact that we have to fight 
our own federation for this stuff that should just be basic. Yeah. So there is, again, like I, I personally try to be more optimistic about this. I think that if they actually like sit down and start talking, that that potential can be realized. Like I, I do firmly believe like there is a best case outcome to all of this that could still happen. Ooh, but okay. the question is, can you, can you get those people to, to talk to each other on the phone and set aside, you've got a lot of stuff to set aside now on of both course. sides. Yeah. All right. So. All right. Well, okay. Meg, uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Everybody make sure, uh, especially follow uh, Meg Linehan on Twitter at it's Meg Linehan and read her articles on the athletic for any updates on this stuff. Cause I'm sure you'll be on top of it and posting. And a dude, lot of- stop uh, yeah. tagging her with your messy ass <laughs> comments. <laughs> we'll be back with more cooligans after the break. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We just want to bring you with a word from one of our sponsors, us and you and maybe even Ali Krieger. <laughs> Correct. Uh, so, uh, yes, Gully Squad has been uh, litter than ever. Uh, oh, wow. It, it was wild litty. In fact, some of us, <laughs> people came in and said, hey, we heard you were having a party. You're going to get a ticket because of coronavirus. I said, no, no, no. It's just Gully Squad. They said, all right, well, then please continue. I'm sorry I interrupted. <laughs> okay. And then I tip my cap to the officer. Uh, <laughs> so, no, uh, Gully Squad has been uh, again, especially during this quarantine, we, we've, we've spoken about how it is more than just a, a you know, just getting some uh, extra content. It is becoming a, a very much a full-fledged community of, uh, of people uh, sh- sharing ideas, sharing stories of comedy, uh, uh, everything. So, uh, and and yes, you may have heard recently on our, on we did a Zoom call. We did a, the first Gully Squad happy hour. And, and that was, that wasn't even us. That was just the, the Gully Squad members putting that together. Shout out uh, to, to Peter. Garcia, who who uh, who had the idea uh, initially, and he wanted uh, to get drunk with other members, and let's go, you know. Yeah, and let me yeah. tell you something. I think it started around what seven, seven, six p.m. It started at six p.m. Yeah, I logged back in at like eleven thirty, and it was still happening, dude. Bro, that's how that's how we do it. I, Gully Squad, bro. Gully Squad. It ain't it ain't called Softy Squad, my guy. <laughs> okay. Also, I mean, how did you know my nickname in high school? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, is that that's the you know the 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 Mister Softy Truck uh, uh, subscriber service. Actually, so. I got it after prom. It was a really, I mean, you know, first time drinking yeah. whiskey. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I hate that it stuck. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but if you wanna, yes, the the the. the Gully Squad Happy Hour was unbelievable, and we we had a, a special guest join us, uh, Ali Krieger of or the Orlando Pride and the U.S. Women's National Team, two, two-time World Cup champion, just hop hopping in uh, Zoom calls hey, uh, uh, with and us. Christian, how many other how many other uh, podcast fan group Zoom happy hours <laughs> do you think two two-time World Cup winners be hopping into, or someone on the cover of People Magazine? <laughs> uh, I can't look. I'm I'm rifling through all my paperwork. You hear right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to get through it. Uh, I honestly cannot find anything. I'm, I, and I have the records. You I'm know? trying I'm, to add it up right now, and you can hear my my, my uh, calculator with the page with the paper. You can hear it going. Ding. There it is. And look, it's a zero. The, the number is zero. So you can no. stop rifling through all your paperwork with your your what are the the, the printer with the that all the paper was like, court, the like dot attached? matrix yes. dot matrix. Yes, your dot matrix paper. You can stop looking at it, dude. No, but I love. I I can't let it go, you no, know. No, keep it for sure. Keep it because you need a, you need the records for seven years <laughs> for tax reasons. But I'm saying is you can stop rifling through it for this. Oh, oh okay, okay. Well, we'll 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 get through this break then. Yeah. Uh, so, so um, yeah. Look, that, that those are some of the things that uh, are possible if you join Gully Squad. There's a lot of fun. Um, not only is just cool content, but uh, fun surprises like that. And we are actively trying to you know make it more than just a you know uh, just. just just sending you an extra twenty minutes of uh, of a podcast a week or or a month or whatever. We're trying to like offer Gully Squad members a a, a genuinely fun experience, uh, similarly to what we get to have. You know, at, we're, we're trying to put out something really really fun and cool. And it's uh, it's all the uh, stuff we would have wanted when we were just soccer fans and didn't have a podcast or a TV show. Total, it's totally. like this is what I would I would have loved to have been hanging out on some you know conference call or something like that. 
you know, and all of a sudden a, a, world, a two-time World Cup winner just hops on from, you know, her backyard just hanging out. Sure, you know, it would have been nice if Ronaldinho would have called from prison. From prison, yeah. dude. Imagine we were his only phone call. <laughs> Yo, how lit is that, dude? He's like, so, Yo, I ain't even trying to get out, dog. I just want to say what was good. I just made this phone call to say what was good. I don't need to talk to no lawyers. Get the gully squad on the phone. Ew, dog. <laughs> what are my lawyers going to do? I did this shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so please join Gully Squad. Go to soccercooligans.com and hit the join Gully Squad button. I promise you, uh, it is as fun uh, as these breaks. Uh, we have, we have a good time with it, and uh, yeah, it, you'll you'll have unique experiences and really cool things, that, and you'll help the show grow. Uh, so please, please do that. Soccercooligans.com and click on join Gully Squad. All right, welcome back. And uh, yeah, thank you again, Meg Linehan, for joining us. And one thing that Meg did mention was the tweet from Joe Biden. So Joe Biden, uh, if you were not aware, uh, he did tweet in support of uh, uh, of the U.S. Women's National Team. But I mean, not only did he show support, but he he out here making threats as he well. He was like, yo, wouldn't it be bad if your knees all of a sudden had a bat against them? It's essentially what he said. Yeah, you know, you hate to see it. Uh, he, I know. So Joe, <laughs> Joe Biden, uh, you're seeing this tweet right now. Uh, he basically said to the U.S. Women's National Team, don't give up this fight. It's not over yet. And he goes, to U.S. soccer. He added them, too, directly. Yo. He's like, I want to make sure you see this in your mentions. He was like, He's, could everybody just calm down? I want to make sure they all hear me real quick. <laughs> he goes, equal pay now or else when I'm president, you can go elsewhere for World Cup funding. Wow. Obviously, the 2026 World Cup will be in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico uh, the, with the majority of the game being in the United States and he's already saying like no 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 uh, you better fix this or he's uh, like, you know maybe maybe the gonna- supplies don't make it <laughs> you know so look this is uh, as as much as and maybe people may not agree with me on on this but as much as I appreciate the sentiment of course to, to, to show the support for the US Women's national team this is this feels a little too much uh, quid pro quo, kind of like, yo, the, the, this money ain't gonna be here if you want, if you're not gonna do what I say. I'm not. I it, completely disagree. This that's is fine. it's it's about equal pay. I mean, it's saying hey, do the right thing or else I'm not gonna do the right thing. I mean, that's. That's yes. the kind of president I want. But, I got to be honest with you. It, it, Loose fine. threats. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> like for I'm not, good. <laughs> I, I completely, I, I, if he would have just said uh, equal pay now, I, I, complete, I completely understand. The, I, and I'm not saying this is the worst thing in the world that he's no, ever but done. Also, you can't, you can't help fund something that isn't providing equal pay. So I think in the end, if you really look at it that way, this is, it was written in a way to get a little bit more buzz for sure. Yeah. But if you think about it, it's like, I can't be supporting the government shouldn't be paying for something that's supporting something that doesn't have equal pay attached to it. That's how I view it. And and I completely understand that sentiment. I think it it is uh, the, the, the theater of, of it, of like, you know, tweeting right at us soccer when, when frankly, I, I don't, I don't believe that, uh, that Joe Biden really understands this case. I will understand soccer or watch a soccer. I That's could be not wrong. true. He was on, I could be wrong. He was on a uh, Instagram live with Megan Rapinoe and Sue right? Bird. So it seems from that he has learned of the case. <laughs> and I stand to believe he seems to know exactly what's going on. He knows every single thing about it. <laughs> he was on top you of the case. You don't know. Maybe he's been like, you know, Manchester United till he dies. You don't know nothing about Joe Biden over here. Right? Just a, Joe Biden's a red devil. Okay. Yeah, in, in hard scrabble Scranton, Pennsylvania, <laughs> just waking up early to watch Arsenal matches. Yeah. You don't know about Joe I, Biden. Look, I, I think there's, uh, with the evidence that we have in front of us, I think it's a, it's, a hundred percent fair to to fight the case and make the case for equal pay without the threat of the funding for the World Cup. Well, Christian, uh, about look, it's obvious that you hate women. Okay, that's what I've learned from. <laughs> okay, this. clearly, yes, we. I'm glad we sorted that out. <laughs> right. Speaking of knowing all the facts, <laughs> no, I think I look to your point. Yeah, it's like fine. I get it. Maybe presidential it's just, candidates. It's, it's Trumpy. Be. It's Trumpy. That's yeah, my issue. Yeah, but with could it. you imagine if there was a Trump that trumped for good? 
We'd all love him. It's like when the bad guy, like the bad player, like the guy who like gets it with like Diego Costa joins our, our Everton. You love Diego Costa now. You know what I mean? I've never had an issue with Diego Costa since day one. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like yeah, when no, someone imagine somebody did all the shit Trump is doing, but for good. No one okay. would have anything to say about it. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I mean, it's uh, but it, it was interesting, and and he he retweeted uh, Andrew Das of uh, of the New York Times, and it it look for for me, you, if you shed light on any issues with American soccer, you know, I, I'm I'm a supporter of that, and I'm a supporter of you. Uh, but you know, look, people have their issues with Joe Biden. All right, I was I was more for Bernie, but whatever. It's not about that uh, trust me it's not about that but whatever no. i'm not gonna get too emotional on television about it but it is uh look i i understand the positive that is is coming from it or what he's trying to do it's just like it's it's a little too you know uh, pounding my chest a little i'm like yeah bro i'm all for it really, i'm happy to see it. it shows passion is it that easy for a president to just be like, I ain't funding the World Cup? Right? Yeah. If I was president, it's exactly what would happen, bro. <laughs> I'd be it's taking money away from anything I don't agree with. You put ranch on pizza, you're funding who's gone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. The dictator, the ranch dictator, <laughs> Alexis Guerreros, will have none of it. Yeah. <laughs> I won't win Texas, but I'll get everything else. <laughs> okay. You might have seen this, okay? Uh, the Ligue 1, the French League, has decided uh, that they were going to award PSG uh, the title and no need to play games. They decided this at the beginning of the season. Yes, game one. Uh, <laughs> that was sorted out, yeah. What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, they decided, it, all jokes aside, they decided not to uh, restart the uh, league. They don't want to put anyone in danger, I'm assuming. There might be a lot of other reasons why. Uh, but they're just going to award the season to PSG, which, uh, you know, maybe it's an asterisk, maybe it's not. But they were running away with it. It's almost not even really a competition. Yeah, well, but it, people have been asking the same question about should the Premier League do this exact same thing? Which was my given, next point. It's like, yo, Liverpool, that, what, has two wins left? You think they're really going to lose everything? Yeah, so uh, but it's. I would argue or, uh, even more because for you're the Premier League. <laughs> no, <laughs> I would argue for, for the Premier League. It's, it really isn't about um, the, the teams at the top. Uh, you know, obviously there's, there's still Champions League spots to fight for, but who knows if we'll even have a Champions League next season. Um, right. I think it's more about those. What, what hurts me more is um, who's going to get relegated and who's going to get promoted from the championship because Leeds uh, United is without our homeboy, Jack, Jack Harrison, Harrison yeah. playing there and having a great season. And he, I want him to be a Premier League player Next season, that would be absolutely beautiful. That is the story I want to see. And that is a possibility if they cancel the season that it, it, that might not happen. Yeah, I mean, I doubt they're going to go. Did Paris say they were going to go the way of Liga Amekis and cancel promotion and relegation for 65 years? <laughs> just, you know, just just in case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I'm sure they're going Try to be really careful here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it, it is a, um, you know, every league is trying to figure out a way to, to come back and, and start playing games again. Uh, it, it's, it's frustrating for fans because we, we want to yeah. see games real soon. Um, but every country has like its own kind of situation. Uh, but it, and it's weird because if some, if, you know, even for England, if they want to start playing games again, there's going to be this accusation that they are like putting people in, in danger. You know, we talked about uh, what they want to do in Bundesliga because that looks like it's going to be the first league to come back. Uh, and then all the restrictions and, and, and rules and no kissing and no, uh, not, not between each other in that general. Too, anybody. That too. Yeah, it's probably yeah. also not a good idea yeah. <laughs> given, uh, the, you know, Six definitely feet apart breaking in the showers, guys. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Two meters. Um, but, but we at least have some updates for, uh, for major league soccer. As far as players training again, uh, about we did get news that teams, some teams will now allow players to come into the training ground to do uh, personal uh, workouts, and these are voluntary. So uh, again, uh, just a baby step towards the possibility of playing again, but which also seems dangerous to me because if somebody has it or contracts it on the way there, it's it's in droplet form. Now, I've only heard rumors of this. I've never experienced it myself. But I think when you work out, you sweat. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. So let right? me explain how this works to you, Alexa. <laughs> right? <laughs> now, <laughs> I think when you sweat, you leave behind, correct me if I'm wrong, droplets. Okay. Yes. Yes. But is, does, uh, is coronavirus shed through your sweat? Is that a, do we know that? I know it's a sneezing and coughing. Is it, I mean, I'm not going to test it. I'm not going to lick somebody's sweat just yeah. to, to confirm. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's only one way to find out, Christian. Okay. You brought up a yeah. great question. I'll get out there For and science, test your theory. Uh, let, us, let us do yeah. this. <laughs> this is, again, testing a hypothesis now. <laughs> okay, and not from some weird, creepy fetish thing I no. have. It is, like, it is. So, A-Rod, if you would just allow me to just... <laughs> Lick some of the perspiration off of J Lo. J Lo's cool. What do you think? Right? <laughs> oh, do you you do you hate you know uh, saving lives? Is that what it's about? Wow, you don't like science, <laughs> J Lo. <laughs> so look, at least um, hearing that there's uh, some uh, progress towards possibly having soccer again in the United States is uplifting and positive. But again, you you we we hear that and then. Paolo, we, we're like, you know, we're seeing people protesting at the beach, uh, holding hands. Yeah. And it's like, all right, okay, look. <laughs> Maybe this, we this, all ain't ready for this just yet. <laughs> I don't think all 50 states are really prepared or handling this uh, with, with the utmost kind of urgency. So, yeah. uh, you know, look, we all want soccer to come back. Obviously, uh, safety is is paramount and paramount the most important sure. thing. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, th again, we just hope this all ends soon, this nightmare. So, all right, we'll be back with more after this. Hey Christian, what's up man? This is Freddie Adu. Just wanted to wish you a happy birthday, my man. Um, also, want to give a shout out to your show, The Cooligans. Um, I'll check it out. Uh, I heard it's really good and, uh, and you never know. Maybe one day I will be a guest on there. You just never know. Hey man, happy birthday, bro. Peace out. <laughs> Happy wow. birthday to me. Is it was also better... my birthday. There was no, no <laughs> video for me. Nobody cares. Freddie Adu is only wishing me a happy actually, birthday. Actually, you're wrong. Let's throw to a clip of Sinbad wishing me happy. No, we don't have one. <laughs> There's no one. No one's giving me a happy birthday, Cameo. Damn it. Yo, this. thank you. Uh, thank you, Freddie Adu, for doing that. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Jonathan Morvey, uh, hilarious comedian and, and, and writer uh, who got that. For me, for my birthday. Uh, what a what a gift, man. Freddie Adu. <laughs> That's, Freddie Adu. Uh, if you think about American soccer, do you want, want a message from anybody other than Freddie Adu? <laughs> Not at all, man. Nah. That was so, so cool. And, and may, who knows? For Freddie Adu, it looks like. I, think, I feel like that was a confirmation. He He's going to be a guest on the show. I, that's, I count that as that legally binding, if you ask me. Without a doubt, yeah. yeah. I want I want a, I want one of those cameos from like a Sunil Gulati. Yo, <laughs> yo is, is Sunil on cameo? He okay. should. I would love to see that. The things they would request of him to say. <laughs> so, uh, yes, if you guys were not aware, uh, last week was uh, was our birthdays. Uh, that's right. We had, uh, uh, we, People are uh, still shocked that our birthdays are back to back. Yeah, it's just like, look, either it People seem to forget our birthdays are back to back uh -huh. or we have like new fans that are like, what is this? What is what kind of branding thing is this? <laughs> As if we changed legally our birthdays. <laughs> no, my birthday is April 30th. That's Alexis right. is, is May 1st. April 31st. April first. <laughs> so uh, we we did something really cool. We did a, a because we normally have a party in New Cooligans York Fest. Cooligans Fest, and we invite uh, friends and uh, our comedy friends, our soccer friends. It's it's always really fun. We couldn't do that obviously, so we did a Zoom party for uh, with Gully Squad. So our uh, the the dope people from Gully Squad, and we invited a bunch of soccer uh, players, personalities, but one thing comedy friends. It was great. Comedy friends, yeah, we had a. It was a star-studded lineup. I can't even remember everyone that came through. I mean, but we had Sal Volcano, Kyle Martino, Edson Buttle, Alexi Lalas, Ellie Menjim, Sam Teague, Total Soccer Show, uh, Jessica Zarek, Kiros, Zarek Valentin, Zarek Valentin, uh, Kayla Knapp, 
Uh, Jeff Attenella, Jeff Attenella, uh, Bill Tuiloma. It was crazy. I it mean, it was crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're, we're ready. We're forgetting Brad people. Stuver. I mean, Brad Stuver, dude, it was just nuts. Uh, Max Bredos, everybody. That's oh, right. It was so, so fun. But one highlight was obviously Alexi Lalas. Alex, Alexi Lalas coming by and uh, jamming, singing us uh, happy birthday. So With his acoustic uh, guitar just pulled it up and started serenading you boys. Thank you, Alexi, for, for that. <laughs> super cool. But it was uh, one of the most uh, memorable birthdays, without a doubt. Obviously, it was super cool. I think everyone else enjoyed it as well. Gully Squad got, got the treat of seeing uh, and being able to talk to a lot of these uh, you know, soccer people. How crazy is that? Also, he asked me about the wall, the, the soccer card wall, and I let him know that my wife is begging me to take it down. He sent me a text message afterwards just saying, happy birthday. You guys deserve it. You're great. Also, hot take. I'm on the side of your wife. Take it down. His picture is on here. <laughs> and he wants the wall down? <laughs> Alexi, whose side are you on? We practically have the same name. Yeah, he doesn't. I guess he doesn't like seeing pictures of himself. He's Damn. just like, get, get it off the wall. I'm tired of it. <laughs> Damn. Uh, but but yes, thank you for everyone who came through uh, the the birthday gully squad. Everybody, uh, w- one of the so much fun. It, it was, you know, obviously with the quarantine and it's difficult to to uh, you know not be depressed all the time. A four and, and a half was, hour Zoom and it made our weekends. All right, we did it again. Once again, uh, we're so good at this, Christian. We're so good at this. Also, oh. thank you so much, Meg Linan of the Athletic, for joining us on the show uh, and giving us a, a ton She's of. She's so good at this. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. So, uh, and also make sure you tune in on Tuesday at 8 p.m. on Fubo Sports because yep. we are going to be joined by Colorado Rapids forward Kai Kamara. Oh, yeah. Bears to make a dance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We have, uh, we're going to have a great time talking to him. Also, I just want to give a shout out to my girlfriend. Uh, speaking of my birthday, she she painted this. Oh, see that's that? awesome. She made a car. She made a birthday car. And for just me. And confirm she, for everyone who could see this. She is of age, right? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm only what it's a terrible beautiful. question. I'm it's, only a, <laughs> it's a great. <laughs> what a wildly inappropriate joke, Alexis. <laughs> yes. Uh, she the joke painted. is that it looks like someone young painted it up, but I'm only kidding. It's very beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So uh, shout out to Helene for that. It looks very great. Um, okay. Okay. So everybody, thank you so much for, for tuning in. Make sure you uh, uh, follow us on social media at Soccer Cooligans, at Fubo Sports on all social media channels. Subscribe to the YouTube channels as well and watch full episodes. And uh, leave a five-star uh, review. And leave a five-star review on iTunes if you're listening to the podcast. So, uh, yes, I had, a, I had a good time. Alexis, did you? Wonderful time. Okay, good. All right, so with that said, so, uh, my name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerreros. And together, what are we? The Cooligans! The Cooligans! 